This episode is sponsored by Portland Earthquake Kits. Portland Earthquake Kits wants to strengthen our communities. The West Coast hasn't experienced a major earthquake in modern history, but we know that the San Andreas Fault in California and the Cascadia Subduction Zone Fault in Oregon and Washington will each erupt in the future. It's imperative that we prepare by storing extra supplies and drinking water. These simple measures save lives. For many people, this is an overwhelming task, and so they never get started. Portland Earthquake Kits makes it easy and affordable. You can choose a pre-made kit that includes essentials for your home, an evacuation bag, or build your own kit on their easy-to-use website. Portland Earthquake Kits offers free delivery on water containers in the Portland area and free delivery on all kits. Go to portlandearthquakekits.com to prepare your household and your community. Cheers! Welcome back to Public Health in Action. I'm your host, Mel. And, and I'm your co-host, Keely. Uh, you that very long. Are you sure about that? <laughs> June episode. Here we are. Yeah, talking about gender identity. And yeah, for Pride Month. For Pride Month. I mean, it's a big month, first of all. Father's Day mm-hmm. was this month. It's also Pride Month. Yep. The end of Pride Month, but it basically extends all the time. Yes, it should always be Pride Month. Great. Just like, just like the Black every, Lives Matter movement. Every other It's movement. not just one month. It's yeah. year-round. Did you do anything for Father's Day? I went to Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's right. To spend time with my dad. And then I came back here, and then I told you dad jokes every day since then. Right. Oh, my God. The best dad joke you've ever told me. (laughs) (laughs) That big dad energy. Right, which you always seem to have. I always bring with me. And identify with. You know, really quick, Caitlin is truly the one who taught me about big dad energy. (laughs) (laughs) No, the best best dad joke you've ever had was... (laughs) We weren't around the apartment together. You were somewhere else, and we were meeting up to do something together. <laughs> yes. And you <laughs> asked me, what time do you want me to meet you? And I texted you, just meet me around 9 a.m.-ish. Yeah. And you texted right back, 9 Amish, got it. And then just a gif of two Amish people. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so hard, I think I, like, spit yeah. out my water. There was, it was a perfect opportunity because there was no hyphen between a.m. and ish so that's what it said so every every time since then if we've been talking about the time we're like 10 amish 11 amish yes 12 amish all of them ever oh just ignore if i have like water bottle sounds it's like 100 degrees today yes it's really hot yesterday was 115 degrees and there were extreme warning we had we were in a a heat wave and it was like a there was like a some kind of weather event. It's called like a dome that oh. was like containing the heat in our area, which is why it didn't get below where like Portland is in a valley. It's supposed to cool down at night, but it didn't get below the nineties the whole time. No, and it, it was, painful. and it was in well into the hundreds, very painful. 111, 113 and 115 yep. each day. Yeah. Yeah. Very awful. So this is we're shutting down. We apologize yeah. for any sleepy sounds, <laughs> water bottle sounds, um, but anyway, yeah, happy Pride Month, and 
to jump right in um, today, the, the day we're recording is June 29th. And 52 years ago today was the second day of the Stonewall Uprising. And Can you explain what happened with the Stonewall Yeah, Uprising? so the Stonewall Inn was... The, there's a lot that goes into it, but to, right. like, very... Reader's Digest version yeah, of what that um, is. The Stonewall Inn was a popular spot for the LGBTQ plus community in New York. Okay. The community there faced massive discrimination and um because it was illegal it was seen as what was illegal being being gay gay or queer or trans or all of it dressing in clothes not of your gender was also illegal oh right um and so they would get these massive raids by the police and the stonewall uprising was essentially against that police brutality and discrimination. Right. It lasted six days, and we are able to celebrate Pride Month because of the trans and gender queer women of color Mm -hmm. that were the leaders during that uprising. That movement. And... That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really important to recognize during Pride, and, you know, and given the current policies regarding gender that are having increasingly negative effects on trans youth especially um and gender non-conforming youth we're doing this episode all about gender and what that means we should probably talk about the difference between what gender is and what sex is because this gets really mixed up a lot and it's not interchangeable it's not yeah it's it's very mixed up um So the standard definition of sex, um, other than what I know everybody's thinking initially (laughs) when they hear that term, sex is either of the two main categories, male and female. This is also referred to as the gender binary. Um, And that's into which humans and most other living things are divided into or categorized as on the basis of their reproductive organs and their functions. Essentially, it's assigned at birth based on genitals and reproductive organs. Yep. Um, And I also want to mention, I think it's important to mention that forcing these body parts into more than a physical categorization with the idea that your body equals who you are is where many people blur that line between sex and gender. Yeah. Um, And this idea within society is harmful to everyone for a variety of reasons, but we'll get more into that later in the episode right so then gender correlates to the binary of male and female but also includes a variety of genders outside of that binary i just want to point out the gender binary or the binary in general it's a it's a box yes it's a box i yeah i agree and i think it also it's it's part of that building of a dominant, like, singular culture, right? Where Patriarchal. Patriarchal, really wanting to over-label things and, like, Mm -hmm. make humans almost... We're not simple beings. We are complex, and that complexity needs to be celebrated and not pushed into those little boxes, like you mentioned. Right, that are so dangerous to people's health. Yeah, yes. 
um especially mental health yeah yeah and yeah. we all know that affects everything that's it's all connected right right i mean it's more th- yeah it's more than mental health yeah it's like physical health it's all of it <clears throat> emotional yeah a person's gender is not required to fit their body parts and more specifically when we talk about gender identity that refers to the personal sense of an individual's own gender mm-hmm. and so just like we talk about being straight or gay mm-hmm. and understanding that being gay is not a choice gender mm-hmm. identity is not a choice it's right. what they their personal sense of who they are and their understanding of who they are right Gender identity also doesn't imply a specific sexuality either. Like, I'm cisgendered. I identify as a woman, which is what I was labeled with as birth, as birth, (laughs) at birth. But I'm also bisexual, and so I'm attracted or have the potential to be attracted to people of any gender. It doesn't equal expression either. Like, I always, I don't always want to be what society deems as feminine, you know? Like, wait, are you saying bisexuality doesn't no, equal No, gender, expression? sorry, gender does not equal expression. Okay. Like, yeah. like, our expressions can be fluid and can be connected to different parts of our identity. And, like, I don't always want to be the ideal feminine person, you know? Like, I was considered a tomboy when I was a kid. And I, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. dress more masculine. And, like, it doesn't take... For me, it doesn't take away from my identity as a cisgendered woman. And so I think it's important to recognize that, that, like, expression of your gender and expression of your identity also is not... Does not equal a specific label either. Right. Can we go over some gender-related terms? Because there are so many. And for people that are in the binary, you know, I feel like not even if, not even like if there are people that discriminate against people that are in the LGBTQIA plus community, I just feel like there are still a lot of people that don't have the education or don't know all of the terminology, don't know the differences or don't, yeah. Don't know how to educate right. themselves. No, I it. think that's really important. And um, I even had to do research to check myself on this, right. even though I have friends who identify as some right. of with some of these terms as their gender. I still wanted to make sure that I was wording them properly, even right. though they're words I have more experience with. So I think it's, I agree, it's very important. Because language matters. Language matters. Yeah. I need a, I want a sweatshirt like that. Language matters. <laughs> Add it to the collection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's definitely, and I, I also think it's important um, to mention, I'm going to say these as I, me, and my terms, the definitions, because I feel like it humanizes it a little bit it makes it feel like it's easy to understand how somebody could be explaining that as part of their gender identity and expression i also want to say that these definitions and ideas do not limit the possibilities of what a person's gender identity and expression is um it's just a baseline yeah yeah exactly it's just for base level understanding of the terms Mm -hmm. um so as we we kind of touched on this but cisgender means that I appear as and was labeled at birth as a male or female. And I feel like 
or identify as a male or female. So -hmm. for me, I am a cisgendered female. So those cisgender basically is the binary. The binary. That's that's the gender binary. That's what people try to label you as. Yes, that's the most common label. um, And it's also the one enforced on people. Yeah. When that they're causes born. so many issues. So, so <laughs> many issues. Um, and transgender would be, I was labeled male or female at birth, but I identify as the opposite or another gender. Mm-hmm. Gender queer, my gender does not align within the norms of the gender binary. My gender is outside of or fluctuates in between the binary and other gender expressions. So they can identify as more than one. Yeah, so they might. Okay. This is where you might see, and we're going to talk more specifically about pronouns in a little bit, but this is where you might see somebody who uses she and he interchangeably depending on. Oh, okay. um, Their expression that day, their feelings that day, their identity that day. And that also goes for gender fluid. Gender fluid right. is I do not have a fixed gender identity or expression. Okay, wait. I guess I'm confused on the difference between gender queer and gender fluid. Can you explain it to me like I'm five? Like, um, I don't know. If I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can separate it more than that. Gender fluid is very much I don't have a fixed gender. Right, I get... Gender queer fluid. is... I might, but might not have a fixed gender. So gender okay. queer is a little bit more, it's, it's more of... general. Right. So like some, for example, some people who are maybe starting to explore gender mm-hmm. as like recognizing that they're not part of the binary, but they're not sure what they are. They might use the word gender queer as they're figuring it out. Okay. So it could be a transitional term. It could be that they don't. They know that that's comfortable for them. Right. That's the term that's comfortable for them. I was going to say they might feel most comfortable. Just like yeah. how many people interchange between bisexual and pansexual as being people who are attracted to more than one gender. Okay. But it's all about then your personal preference within your identity. Gotcha. Like I have the potential to be attracted to every gender and have been, but I identify as bisexual. Gotcha. Okay. And then non-binary is I do not identify only as a man or a woman. I am both, more, or neither. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I've only really heard of people saying that they're non, non-binary in terms of, like, I am not male or female. I haven't, I haven't heard of it in terms of identifying as only one specific thing or both yeah things yeah so it's it's um i'm sure other cultures have that more yes um, yes um how am i trying to explain this more expressed in there well yeah and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit more too of not like specific (laughs) cultures but that um gender is expression is a very gender should be expression but also like the boxes that you mentioned are a very western patriarchal idea yeah yeah non-binary really means just that Mm -hmm. it's not in the binary it's outside of right and that can look 
in multiple ways. Yeah, that can look that can have multiple ways of looking. It can be more neither gender. Yeah. It can it's this is I think also why people get confused mm-hmm. is because these terms have definitions, but our expression is limitless. Okay. When you yeah. when you're willing to break free from a binary of anything, when you're willing to go outside of those boxes, you can express yourself in any way. Yeah. And it's really incredible. And yeah. And you should be able to do so without people Yes. Even with your, on you or even if you're in within the binary, right. you should be able to. Right. We over gender everything. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We really do. It's, yeah. yeah. Um and to go off of what you were your question about non-binary, yeah. um, agender okay. fits that a little bit more of being neither. So agender is I do not identify as having a particular gender. Okay. So Okay. Yep. And then even though <clears throat> even though this isn't gender <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I was just in my mind <laughs> in my mind when you said a gender, I was literally going like LGBTQIA, there's the A <laughs> because I don't wanna mix right. it up. But... And that's but that's also um asexual. Oh too. Ah, yeah. So, so why isn't it, and then why even some people A's? thinks it's think it's ally too. Oh yeah. It's not Sorry to all the allies out there. We love you, but it's not, does not stand for ally. Right. <laughs> um, you already it's have agender. spaces where you're accepted. Yeah, um, agender or asexual. Yes. Okay. And then the plus, of course, means, just like I said, once you break from the binary, things are limitless. Right. That's why the plus is there. There's so many identities within the community i just i i'm so supportive of that but i also my heart just feels so heavy thinking about how hard it must be to explain to everyone like what you identify as if it's like so expressive and people aren't and well and that's why it's important to normalize these conversations so that like being outside of the binary is just as normal as being within it it and is. then and then it doesn't matter what your expression is. Right. And and the more we break down those barriers yep. and those walls, the more or not the more, the less people will care about what somebody's expression means to their right. interactions in the world and we can all just be humans existing. Right, because it shouldn't make a difference. No, it shouldn't. And you know, even without even without knowing your identity or outing yourself with your identity you can face violence from other people Mm -hmm. i've been called um slurs from people who didn't know me before i came out before i even realized that i was bi so like that's a real very real thing that people face that's a piece of it. That's, That's just a tiny a, little piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the beginning stages, I would say, as to how people are hurt yeah. by others. Yeah. Yeah. And even though this doesn't specifically or necessarily touch on gender specifically, I think it's very important to mention what intersex means. Um, and that would be when somebody's reproductive or sexual anatomy and organs does not fit the binary of male or female. So they might have a mix of anatomy. Yep. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, I took a, I took a, um, I love, I love psychology. And in school, I took a bunch of gender specific psychology courses. Like I did the psychology of women and then I did the psychology of men and masculinities. And in that class, we watched a documentary called I, um, and I, I, I don't know if it was I for intersex or if it was just like I, I should look that up. But, um, that was just the most touching documentary, um, just seeing how people, uh, reacted to those individuals when they came out as being intersex or the experience they had when they found out that they were and they didn't know because they had a surgery at birth and then they found out later on that they were you know, it's just removing that identity from them and not right. giving them the choice. Exactly. And and I think it's important to say, too, that, like, if you're intersex, just like anyone else, your gender identity could be any of the previously mentioned identities. Right. And that does not mean that it matches your anatomy, especially the anatomy that was chosen for you. If right. you were one of the infants or young children that were forced into these surgeries to mm-hmm. made to purposefully made to fit the binary anatomically. Right. So maybe we should explain that a little bit better. So at birth, doctors, if there's an intersex baby, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they ask the parent. I can't remember if they ask the parent what they, they, I think they do. They might like clue in the parent. I think they clue in the parent, but I think also there are cases where they just make a decision. They make a decision based on the anatomy. Right. And what is more developed or something. More developed or more, like, obvious or more right. categorized. Right, like, right. Like, however they decide that. Right. But obviously, because the infant is a newborn, they have no ability to give consent to what is happening yeah. to them. So it's taking them, taking away their ability to be who they want to be. And then a lot of people find out later on in life... I don't, it's so heartbreaking. It's, I can't. it's so it's it's awful, and it it really I can't imagine the effect on your mental yeah. and physical health that would have a toll on, and like how could you imagine feeling mm-hmm. like you don't match? Like people right, outside right, of right, the gender right. binary have enough um, body dysmorphia yep. and things like that mm-hmm. with knowing that their gender does not match their body. Right. And could you imagine being a person where it could have? It could have. and But yep. the choice that adults made when you were an infant, mm-hmm. that completely negates consent and choice. Yeah. And knowing who the person is. Right. I mean, that contributes to so many health disparities. And in the documentary, if I remember correctly, they followed a couple different um, children. And one... One told their story. So they didn't identify with the sex they mm-hmm. were given, even though they were intersex, but then there was a decision and then... Right. The wrong decision. Yes. From the doctors. As they grew up, they decided they were transgender. But then later on in the interview or in the documentary, it explained the hardship this child went through and then um, talked about how they completed suicide after and yeah oh that was hard yeah yeah you know it's one to two out of every hundred people born in the u.s are intersex 
and they have these choices by adults who don't know what that person would choose when they become a fully formed human being thrust upon them. Right. And, you know, given what the LGBTQIA plus community faces as a whole in terms of mental health, in terms of violence and suicide, not just completions, but attempts. um, It's not surprising that it's angering, but it's not surprising that that situation leads to that for many of those people. Right. And, um, the World Health Organization actually fully recognizes. I think this is incredible. I was so excited to see this on their website, which I think, other than you, yeah, like you just existing generally, Mel. Like this is the and only always time looking up. <laughs> this is the only time I've like fangirled over the World Health yeah. Organization. <laughs> um, but they recognize that gender is a social construct that Western cultures typically describe in terms of femininity or women and masculinity or men, even though our bodies and identities are not always linked. And like you've Mm -hmm. said before, we see that in other cultures. Um, And especially if we look at indigenous Americans and like the two spirit, right? I believe is what it's called. Um, And, you know, other cultures that, that did not have a binary until, Mm -hmm. Again, taking away choice, it was forced upon them to partake in having that binary. Mm -hmm. Um, And an important part of validating, this is equally as important, of validating somebody's gender is by using the proper pronouns for their gender. Yes, yeah. And I want to quickly mention, too, that we're seeing the phrase preferred pronouns a lot mm-hmm. as people, especially allies, are trying to be, to supportive, be of... supportive and be aware. Right. Um, which is important. Yeah. Um, but some people within the community who are outside of the gender binary sees the, specifically the word preferred as a harmful term. Because it feeds into identity of gender as being a choice. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that saying preferred pronouns is technically othering of the LGBTQIA plus community. Yes. Okay. Because it, it kind of, it's, there's that assumption that it's preferred because you're not in it you're, you're not, not in, you're not in you're not binary. you can't on wednesdays we us. wear pink <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it's like it's cis people don't have preferred pronouns we just get the ones that are assigned to us yeah and when people say preferred pronouns it reinforces the ideas that the binary of male and female is the proper way right you know and it's interesting too because a lot of companies are getting on board with making sure people list their pronouns Mm -hmm. in professionalism. You know, it's a big thing now, but it's interesting to me because a lot of companies do say preferred pronouns. And I wonder if they know that that's also a little bit othering and not as socially acceptable as it can be. Yes. You know, and it's so upsetting too when people don't want to use their pronouns also when I was getting my ID badge for work we're allowed to say our pronouns but you have the choice if you want to or not and I had to wait in line to get my ID the 
person in front of me was asked, would you like your pronouns on your ID badge? And she or they, you know, rolled their eyes and just looked so annoyed and like stormed away. And then I got up to the counter and the person working asked me, do you want your pronouns um, shared? And I said, yes, please put those on there. And she was like, oh, good. She was just very excited that I wanted to do that. Yeah. And when we... When we normalize that within society, it allows it allows people to be more comfortable sharing um, their own pronouns. And, you know, obviously it can be difficult for some people to share if they're still figuring out who they are if they've faced violence and discrimination for it in the past, but that's where it's important for allies to step forward and be willing to share theirs. Just like we talked about in a previous episode, Mel, when we talked about solidarity, it's like, this is something that needs to be normalized. It does. For the purpose of humanity, humanity and empathy and Seeing seeing the humanity in each other. But and it also lifts up, like we've talked about before, yeah. also lifting up the voices of people who feel like they don't have one. Right, yeah. When we normalize these things, it helps do that. Right. And some, really quickly, some pronouns would be like she, her, hers, he, her, his, they, them, theirs. There are other ones, um, but I, I didn't right. have time to research origin or anything on... Right. And I thought it would be important to yeah, to I mean, have accurate information about the origins of other gender neutral pronouns. Right. Instead and, of just saying that there are these and not having a way to yeah, explain. Yeah. And so um, there are more. If you are interested in finding out what those other options are, there's yeah tables and pronunciations and information online. Right. Um, right. And it's I think it's really great that people are... That there are, there are more options. There are more options. But, you know, people need to be willing to do the work. Yes. You need to be willing. You can't just... Just like with every issue we've talked about With every social yeah. issue. It, it's so... Oh, God. It's so involved in our health. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. It's... And, you know, until I know somebody's pronouns, I say they, them... Or call them a person, that person over there. Right. And I especially model that to students um, because, once again, gender cannot be assumed by looking at somebody, and we shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and especially, just like I mentioned, as an educator, these gender neutral terms are important to model to younger, okay. uh, younger students. students and younger people in our society be because that helps normalize it. But also using gender neutral terms in our classrooms, it's very important to creating an inclusive and respectful environment. I never say boys and girls. Like when you're trying to get their attention. Like, yeah, like never. I always use gender neutral terms. I'll say friends or class. Right. Or if they need something particularly silly, I'll call them ham sandwiches or turkeys. Oh my god. Or um noodles. <laughs> turkeys, like that's so nerd- cute. noodles, yeah. Um there was one My mom. Oh, used potatoes. To potatoes. Oh. I and like I hit I hit a kid like, like I was calling on them. 
And um, there was one kid that wasn't raising their hand. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard from you yet. You're my last potato. And it, like, the room erupted (laughs) into laughter. Um, But, yeah, just, like, you know, not calling, not making everything gendered and being willing to also still invite that silliness in the classroom. But but more importantly, um, my students don't need more of the binary enforced on their bodies and minds than what they're getting from society and well they they're learning so much you know they're taking in so much information and it's all all about it's all the information about gender and how you should act and behave and um girls don't have short hair and boys boys don't don't play with dolls and yes yeah um and yeah it's incredible the amount of things these kids are being fed and Mm -hmm. um but it's also incredible when they fight against it too it's really great I've had amazing conversations with young kids about gender and what's expected of different genders it's very cool that you have this connection in that way because you know growing up we didn't have that in our education which is kind of funny because we're not even from it far, (laughs) far from it I mean but we're not even that old like 30 yeah and flirty and, and thriving. <laughs> no, no, we're not thriving. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but it's just that we didn't have that in our our elementary education growing no. up. And yeah, it's just really cool to know that there are schools that are implementing that. Right. And and normalizing it too, normalizing those gender neutral terms, especially for those kids who are still exploring gender or questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as those who have already shared their gender identity if they're outside of the binary. It's so important to have an inclusive classroom in that way. Right. Um, And this is true outside of the classroom, too, of course. When we Just exchange classroom with community. Community, (laughs) world, town, whatever. Like, all of it. Yeah, population. Yeah, Mm. enforcing the binary on society is harmful to everyone yep. including cisgendered people the binary right, yeah. it reinforces expectations of masculinity and femininity what people of different genders are thought of being capable of what gen what different genders are worthy of right. toxic masculinity even what products genders are supposed to use and what those products cost oh my god <laughs> Don't get me started on capitalism and the pink tax for women. The pink tax or the Bic for her pen with a special grip for her hand. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. I buy male razors because they're cheaper than the same, same female razor. Yep. Same. Exactly the same. Built, design, everything, except it's just not pink or purple or whatever. It's just cheaper. Yeah. It's not fair. No. So, okay, let's just side sidebar for a minute. <laughs> let's talk about women already being labeled as, like, the second yeah. gender, you know, yep. because it's a patriarchal it's society. Secondary. It's yeah. secondary That's... to men. We're already at a different health disparity than men in general. Let's not even talk about white men, but we're already at a different health disparity. And the fact that we also have to deal with this money gap because of the pink tax and everything 
It's just, it's so frustrating. As if we choose. Right. All of these things society has placed on us. Yeah, and you can, like, talk about the wage gap in there, too. And all these barriers we face. There's so many. There's so many. And And it's all connected. It's all connected. (laughs) And it goes all the way to the top. (laughs) And the only thing... The gender, I'm saying this loud for the people in the back, the only thing <laughs> the gender binary supports is the patriarchal Western ideas that the cisgendered white male is all deserving and should remain the dominant culture or identity. That's, like, that's what it is. Mic drop. That's what it, it is. Yeah. I won't drop my mic. It's very expensive. But... <laughs> But it's, and it has a huge effect Mm -hmm. on people's health. And therefore, that's why we're talking about this on this podcast. It all links into public health. Yeah. And we've said that a million times Mm -hmm. that it's all connected to public health. Right. Because we are the public. Because it impacts (laughs) your health directly. Yes. It really does. It does. does. Yeah. And it's so important to normalize all these. Right. Normal things. (laughs) All of our identities and the Mm -hmm. demographics we fit into also unfortunately do influence how others treat us. Yes. Within society. And it can have obviously a massive impact on our health because of social issues, policies that create barriers, access to housing, education, and healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of these things are intersectional as well and many people within the lgbtqia plus community have difficulty even finding medical doctors who will treat them without bias yes i've had friends who have had health issues not be taken seriously because of their sexuality or gender identity yeah and i think you know that's important like even if you are a doctor and maybe you don't agree with it if you are a doctor because you probably have like this like, deep felt reason for being a doctor and wanting to help the public, but... Right, even follow if... that first. Follow that feeling first before the bias, please. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying for the peop- for the doctors that will initially disagree with that statement, they have no idea how much bias there is. There's so many health statistics that yeah. we could pull on that, that I, I was not prepared for this and episode I, to do, but I, there... Yeah, I took the reins on this one, and I do have some for you. Oh, also. you do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I think there just needs to be more accountability there. Yes. In the way that we treat others, and the way that public health, this is very public health specific, the way you treat other people directly impacts their health, and that includes the way doctors treat you (laughs) and the way your friends treat you your peers random people in the community your family it it all matters yes yeah and like we were just saying the binary harms everyone in in vastly different ways um yeah but it does harm transgender and gender non-conforming people at a much higher rate and with much more violence in 2021, and we're only six months in, mm-hmm. um, according to the Human Rights Campaign, at least 29 transgender or gender nonconforming people were fatally shot or killed through other violence. And In the six months we've had, that's 29 at, people. That's at least 29. Yeah. And we have to say at least because many of these cases go unreported, unreported. or misreported right. because they misgender the people yeah okay oh god 
That's a huge issue right there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, transgender and non-binary youth report suicide attempts at a rate of 50.8% for trans males and 41.8% for non-binary youth if they also identified their sexuality as not being heterosexual um this exacerbates the risk right Ugh. yeah and as we said at the top of the episode too there are policies in many states in the u.s currently that further negatively affect trans and gender non-conforming youth some states and districts have bathroom policies that negate student gender identities, reinforces the binary, and also puts them at risk for violence from their peers. I, I just have to say, it is insane that we are trying to gender a room with a toilet. It's not gendered <laughs> at people's homes. Right. It's not. Right. That's a good point. I've never thought of it it's like that. It's like, it's, you don't use a different... You might, depending on the situation, but you don't use a different toilet than the people of other like your brothers in your or homes. sisters or right whatever. or your yeah, parents. Your like, parents. like it's it's not viewed that way in the home, right? But in public, there's this like at school wrong or... hysteria about like what will happen if What's I have to use and the bathroom that. at the same time as somebody of another gender. They just have to use the bathroom, right? Agreed. Yeah. Like, it's a toilet. This is, again, like, over-gendering, and it it brings more harm than people think it does. Yeah, and it's like, we we have these spaces in schools, especially in schools, where teachers are fighting Mm -hmm. to care for their students, to build equity, to be inclusive. And somebody on the school board doesn't want a trans kid using the bathroom that fits their identity. Yeah. It's insane. And it makes me so angry. <laughs> um, especially as an educator. Um, there are students fighting against it, though. Um, in Tennessee, one of these policies, these bathroom policies, is actually being taken to the Supreme Court thanks to one trans student's absolutely incredible work. Mm-hmm. Within the last year or two, we've also seen policies attempting to come up and at least discussions coming up surrounding whether or not trans athletes should be allowed to compete. And mm-hmm. this, again, yeah. is at the middle school and high school level. Yeah. We're not even talking professional getting paid for it. Right. We're talking about children. Right. Wanting to play a sport. Right. On the team. Right. That their gender matches. Right. And also... Gendered sports also negate people outside of the binary. One of my friends, oh my gosh, I have to um, do a shout out to my friend Lexi. She, in high school, played on the football team. That's awesome. Yeah, and she wasn't, I don't think she was just a kicker. I think she actually played football. Yeah. And she's, she's a badass. Like, that's so cool. And, well, and like, imagine being non-binary. Right. And you have two choices for basketball. Right, right. Where do you go? And how does the uniform affect that? Or especially volleyball and body dysmorphia. The the volleyball um, uniforms. The short shorts. For for girls. Yeah. If you have body dysmorphia and you're non-binary and they put you on that team... Right. That could be really discouraging 
that could right. be really problematic for them. It could really affect right. their mental health. Especially in Oregon, we don't have men's volleyball here. Right. I know that other states, like California, has men's and women's volleyball. I didn't know that until college. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, especially in Oregon. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, other... Other states that are similar Other to that. states yeah. that are similar. And it's just, it's a huge issue. And, and, like, I think I said this in our interview with Gordon, too, about, mm-hmm. like, schools... Are, and I know I've said it to you in conversation. Schools mm-hmm. are spaces where we need to be vastly flexible right. and truly let kids be kids and explore who they are and be proud of who they are and find themselves with all of the things that we're offering available to everybody. Yeah. Give everyone a seat at the table. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure... More than just this story about the student taking this case to the Supreme Court, there are handfuls of stories where it's just trans youth and trans adults fighting for their rights. But I think what's important to say about that is that what needs to be shared more are the moments where the hate they face is counteracted. Right. Just like just like with other movements, too. We already brought up Black Lives exactly. Matter and, like this push to talk about black joy and black joy matters it it does and and it's important to not the the discrimination yeah pushes us to fight against it Mm -hmm. but those amazing moments that counteract it like you were just saying also need to find they need to find light they need to be shared um because the more we share that the more barriers we break down by the people we can touch and the quicker we can normalize everything that should be normalized. Yes. And I'm crying. (laughs) Is it because I've been tearing up for five minutes? (laughs) (laughs) My little empath. (laughs) Yeah. Now that our sniffles are gone, (laughs) I... I want to kind of take over the cheers on yeah, this one it. and leave it simply cheers to being queer and a member of such an amazing community. Cheers to that. <laughs>